uh, you lost a little bit of that that reasoning and a rationale of why you became a nurse just because you've been so preoccupied with just school itself passing your exams and now you have the NCLEX coming up or you might be already finished with, with the NCLEX it's kind of easy for us to forget why we became nurses so kind of reflect back in the past why you became a nurse and if it's for a certain demographic or a certain patient population like kids babies or adults that's kind of something that you should start start Ooh, looking I gotta at go. I've been working, told them please don't hit my phone I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast See, I did it for me Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid all my fees I was starving for this day, now my fan they can't eat Hey everyone before we start the show, a quick word from our sponsor, the American Nurse Association. The ANA is a place we go for all of our nursing education. And today, the ANA is offering 25% off all site items. Save on all online courses, books, workshops, and more. Use code HOLIDAYSALE21 to check out for your discount. But wait, there's more. The ANA is also offering a next level leadership workshop for all current nurse managers and a new nursing manager workshop for all oncoming nurse managers. Make sure you guys click the link in the description to find out more. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Couple Nurses Podcast with your hosts, Matt Sartrick and myself, Peter. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your time. Make sure you check out couplenurses.com. We literally keep all our show notes there, all our links to our blog posts, all our vlog posts. Speaking of our vlogs, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. We have literally every episode recorded on youtube of our podcast this one and the news as well when if you're there you know might as well drop a comment give us a, a rating on there probably a positive one and don't forget to check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com that's our sister site you could say uh for all your mindfulness wellness health tips just life tips and things like that on that one website and bunch of blog posts for you guys to read over if you guys are all readers and there's more stuff coming out soon don't forget check out check out the couple nurses shop and we are flying warrior shop as well a lot of cool merch there uh one of the shirts uh matt's wearing it right now the right now shirt and i got the uh Beulah shirt rocking it right now yeah buddy um and as well as something that we're currently working on and currently in development and we're gonna give you guys more updates along the way is prontohealth.com. It's something that we are helping build to revolutionize and grow the healthcare industry, you could say. It's for travel nurses, it's for CNAs, it's anybody with an allied career, really for anybody in healthcare, not necessarily just travel, but also if you're looking for something for education, something um, as like a more of a permanent job or maybe a, a temporary job, you could say you could all find it there as long as collaborate and speak to all your community members on there as well. You could build your profile and keep all your your healthcare related legal paperwork all on there. That way it's easy just to, you know, show your resume or to transfer paperwork if you're looking for a travel contract. You could just do it all through this. It's one simple and easy easy app. But for today, what's up Matt? I'm pumped about that by the way. Mm. One single app with everything included one app to rule them all community in order to get your contracts i'm looking forward to grabbing the job with mm. with this and see how the process is versus how it was just three four years ago and it was a pain in the ass right so on today's episode we're going to talk about what to do after you graduate nursing school you pass your NCLEX, 
now what? So we'll show you the whole process and some tips on how to land your first nursing job. Yeah, it's probably a major thing to start thinking about uh, after the NCLEX, of course, is so what kind of unit you want to work on. Do you want to work on a unit? Do you want to work somewhere outpatient? Like, what do you really want to do? What did you go into nursing for? Because I feel like coming out of school as a new grad, you lost a little bit of that that reasoning and irrational of why you became a nurse. Just because you've been so preoccupied with just school itself, passing your exams, and now you have the NCLEX coming up, or you might be already finished with, with the NCLEX, it's kind of easy for us to forget why we became nurses. So kind of reflect back in the past why you became a nurse, and if it's for a certain demographic or a certain patient population, like kids, babies, or adults, that's kind of something that you should start start looking at. Um, definitely for sure what kind of population you page population you want to work with first one being like is it children or adults because that's going to be probably the, the biggest factor into where you're going to be looking for for your next career definitely and this is why it's also so important on just like you mentioned why you became a nurse because those are the personality traits that your employer is going to be looking for why did you become a nurse what is your internal drive what are the traits that make you a lot more better that's than just that piece of paper on the resume or on the job board that's just filtering through what how are you going to separate yourself from the rest of the crowd yeah for example like in school if you really like to write papers or look at data look at some stats you're going to be kind of comfortable in a unit where you could progress through your career because you're going to be probably one of the people that would seem to want to be like a charge nurse or like an administrator of some sort. But for example, you really like the critical thinking aspect of, of nursing where you kind of were able to sit down, read everything about the, about the patient and figure out, hey, what's causing this to, to, to not work? What's causing this problem? And if this is the problem, what's, what's going to come, come from it? That's probably a good place for like the ICU if you really want to dive in and f really figure out and map the person's health. If you like more of like the fast pace, um, you know, putting in NIVs, getting somebody in, getting somebody out, ER is probably looking for some, ER is probably your, your home. If you like the elderly a lot and you really like to hear about other people's stories and them sharing knowledge with you, maybe you could look into like a long, long-term long care facility where you can see these patients on a daily basis and kind of still grow with them as they uh, reach that point of, of, of elderlyhood, you could say, where, you know, it's almost time to move on. Yeah, that's, that's the number one thing you need to do is understanding all those different opportunities that you have, whether it's a hospital setting, long care, like you mentioned, maybe rehab, maybe it's something more just clinical based, or maybe you're a graduating nurse and you don't want to even enter the bedside, you want to do other things. There's different roles that you could partake in, such as being a hospice nurse, a legal nurse consultant, a public health nurse, which if you did community clinicals, you kind of had a glimpse of how that works. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's also dialysis nurse, which is still bedside, but a lot less. Or maybe you just want to be a nurse educator. Mm -hmm. So find out all those different options. And then once you have your different options chosen, you want to do some research about the employer or where you're applying to. And that's why it's really crucial to research your facility and figure things out, such as the mission, the vision, and the values that it has. Like what is the the destination of the location like you know as far as your commute what kind of population do they serve like you mentioned based on what you want to pay what patients you want to take you know take care of or what are they recognized for maybe you want to do level one trauma in the future you want that higher patient um, population that's that's something to think about do you want to have a th teaching hospital where there's 
residents in the hospital. That's another thing. So um, figure that out. Or maybe you're somebody that likes neuro. You want to make sure they have like a neuro unit or certified in uh, neuro just so that's something that you're aspiring to you want to learn from or um, pursue in further education. So yeah, all things to think about. Uh, it's it's so amazing just being able to talk about this too. It's like I wish I had this resource because this podcast is going to be jam packed of just explaining everything. I wish I had some kind of resource like this when I first started. Because mm, our parents, um, as you guys know, were Polish and all that jazz. Well, they didn't teach us anything. They didn't teach us how to look for jobs or how the process is. It was just literally figuring things mm. out from college and trying to land first job yeah and the crazy thing is like our parents went to school in poland so they know about like school in poland not necessarily the school system here and our parents never went to college so it's like they don't know that process either and like even if they did go to college they're they're still in college in poland which is a whole different process but we're the first college graduates you know in our family which is which is pretty crazy and it's we literally had to do it on our, on our own because Nobody really was there to to teach us because we didn't have any older siblings. We're the oldest ones, so it's like we're the first ones to, to go through it. And it, you know, it is, it is what it is. But what's also a See good idea? Swim, baby. Mm-hmm. It's all exactly. It's the, of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what's kind of the beauty of it is like you kind of figure it out on your own, and now you have like your own perspective in 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 the process compared to your parents already going through college and them explaining you how on how they did it and you kind of recreating their, their steps. We kind of made our own steps. You know, we kind of made made that bridge ourselves instead of just walking on that bridge. And that's what's so cool about having a podcast episode mm-hmm. like this is you know your experience, what worked for you, and we're just going to jam-pack it mm-hmm. on here. Yeah, and also if you finish school or your NCLEX, this is probably a good time to start rethinking your goals because the last major goal you had in mind was nursing school, and guess what? Like, congratulations, you already accomplished that. So it's now now it's time to move on to bigger and better things. For example, paying off your debt. Yeah, paying off your debt. <laughs> if paying off off of your debt, then maybe you should just you know get your one year of nursing experience out of the way somewhere, and then just travel nurse because travel nursing is is where the money's at. Especially if you have like eighty k in debt, sixty k in debt, hundred k in debt plus. Like you want to pay it off as soon as possible because you don't want that debt following you because you don't want to be like thirty years old and be like, damn, I'm still trying to pay this off. You're better off like sacrificing the same way you sacrifice yourself for nursing school. Now it's time to sacrifice yourself for paying off your debt or achieving the next goal. Because, for example, if you want to do, if you want to become a CRNA, if that's your end goal, well, guess what? You're going to need some ICU experience. So you might as well just try to get into an ICU as soon as possible instead of kind of just doing, for example, tally or med surge or step down. Just try to get the ICU right away. That way, you know, you're already heading toward towards your your next goal of being a CRNA. Or if you want to maybe do like NP school, then maybe you should probably, or if you want to do like family NP, for example, a little bit more niche down, like a general floor probably really good for you because you would see the whole patient population. You have like wide experience. You have some older people and some younger people. And that's good for a family NP to have experience in because you're going to be treating people throughout different parts of their lives compared to like an ICU where you're just dealing with the critically ill. That's not probably the best route to doing, you know, ICU if you want to be a family NP, you want to kind of learn more about the the, the family aspect of it, more of like treating everybody on a, on a whole. And yeah. I'm not saying if you want to be a family NP, don't do ICU. I'm just saying like, you know, if you want to just niche down to where you want to go to. Yeah, you're basically doing shortcuts instead mm-hmm. of bouncing be- between different units. And that perfectly goes into the next point is what unit do you want to work on? So you might be assessing your goals and figuring things out based on that route. Or maybe you're someone that's completely stuck and has no idea what unit they're gonna work on. You're one of those nurses, that's okay. 
you could ask yourself some questions and we could start figuring out what unit is suitable for you. So how would you describe yourself? Are you someone that likes to lead the team? Do you love to collaborate or do you prefer to work alone? There's going to be different units based on those, you know, those things. If you're a team player, it's going to be more of an ICU. But honestly, all, all um, units have some team collaboration. Maybe you work alone where you want to do like uh, post-surgery, et cetera, being away from people, less away from bedside and cleaning things up. So uh, just according to that. And then you have to ask yourself like... But I'm going to ask you real quick because you work like on the floor and the ICU. Do you think like one unit has more group cohesiveness or you know cohesiveness than others or do you think it just depends on where you work it's going to be both because you know how in the icu your drip is um ending mm -hmm. or whatever it is and a nurse puts in volume for you you're like thank you and all that and you f get the propofol scan it well in med surgery that happens but in a different way maybe you're going to deliver a, a pain pill for one of your med surgery mm -hmm. nurses that you're you're covering the patient but it's more like hey i brought him some ice this is going on and if your patients have like s some small little issues or something's up, they're not going to call you right away. Mm -hmm. They're going to just tell another nurse on the unit and then eventually she'll let you know because mm -hmm. it's not a, like a high priority task based okay. on what you're doing right now. So, yeah, it's, I think it's very co cohesive overall everywhere. Mm. Okay, yeah, it's, it's good to know. I was just curious because like when I look back at my nursing thing, when I used to do step down, uh, we're very still team driven. And same with ICU, I, I didn't see like a difference in and team drivenness you know i feel like maybe for like the icu it's more like team drivenness where you're in the room together at the same time like for example during like a line insertion or intubation compared to more med surgery are helping you out but you're not in the same room together so that might be just a different feeling you know yeah. because it's a different feeling when somebody helps you insert a line when your guys are both in a room you're pushing meds and one's like observing a patient compared to like me taking care of a patient you're giving uh, I'm paying medication to another patient, a different patient, different room, you know. So that, that might kind of throw it off a little bit, but I feel like the teamwork is still so still the same. Yeah, it's clutch. Another question you might want to ask yourself is, what does your ideal work look like? Do you want consistency in your schedule? Or do you prefer that chaos that's organized sometimes and there's something new every single day? So you kind of go to work with like a slight anxiety, to be honest, because you don't know what to expect. One day you have two stable patients, another day you're transferring patients, third day might be coding somebody in IR, like in my case when I came in. So what does that ideal work day look like? If you're someone that's consistent, likes routine, you might wanna go that route where it's a consistent patient, like same day surgery, there's like a schedule for the day and you can kind of plan accordingly to that. Mm -hmm. And also like who is your ideal patient population? Is it the elderly, is it the acutely ill, or is it kids, or is it mother and baby? And then you're gonna be able to figure out where you know you want to go as a unit because there's some nurses that are like ew i hate taking care of older people they don't want to deal with that they prefer the mother and baby and when i floated to labor and delivery it's kind of cool because you're just figuring out people's perspectives and what they enjoy mm -hmm. and everybody's different i don't mind older people you know we like them vented and sedated come to the icu you know you you learn about it there yeah but it was, it was interesting getting floated to like labor and delivery because it's like it's a whole different population that we've never had experience with except maybe a few times in clinical yeah and it takes like a certain nurse to have a certain personality to to do labor and delivery and it's, it's crazy because like they're nurses but they have a different perspective on nursing it's really cool to, yeah. to like talk to them and just like get their get their opinions about about different things and that's why it's important to know yourself to know which unit you're going to work on because there's so much vast options another might uh, thing might be is how do you want to take care of patients you could be 
someone that wants to educate. You want to help nurses to say the proper things and train them so they could deliver great patient care. Or maybe you want to do the face-to-face interaction and you want to take more of the bedside route. So those are great questions I would ask myself Mm -hmm. to start figuring out what unit I want to work on and if I want to apply to my ideal position. And it's also okay to like switch units too. For example, you go in in a unit that you think you're going to love, like like maybe for example, you you know you wanted something more calm, more stable. Uh, so you, for example, did did med surge, and then you know you're six months into med surge and not really feeling it. Like it's okay to leave that unit and try something something new. It's not it's not a it's not as a big deal as people make it seem like it. Just because of course management is going to want you to stay because they're about nursing retention, but they're all about nursing retention. They're not really about I guess you being fully satisfied with your job, as as you know, shall that as shall that may sound, that's kind of what it is, because you know it takes a lot of uh, money and a lot of effort to train a new nurse, new nurse for for a unit. But for example, you're on you're on Metro for six months, and then you had this, you know, younger oncology patient that you maybe love taking care of, and now you want to try out you know like Pete's oncology. You should definitely do it. Like, who, who cares that you've only been six months in the Metro unit? don't feel bad about leaving like you are going to naturally feel bad about it because like you know you, you committed this and you might feel like it's a little bit of a failure because you thought you're going to like this but you ended up not liking it but it's also a victory so like just, just take it that is and like know that it's okay to, to, to switch completely fine and you know you're gonna experience managers that are going to want to hold on to you just because it makes their life easier but you know what's gonna make your life easier is having a better life so just Switch units if you're not feeling it, or if you want to just try it out. Because it literally happened to me when I tried uh, to get into ICU, and the med surge manager was kind of holding me back. Right. And um, I don't know if you're finished with your point because I cut it. I mean, I just have one more thing, but you could finish it, it real quick. Run it. Okay, and that's the same thing with like travel nursing. Like, if that's like uh, one of the major reasons why I kind of um, didn't want to do it, like right as soon as possible. I guess you you could say when I found out about it is because Dina was was amazing that I worked on. You know, but I knew that I wanted to, you know, grow as a nurse. So I decided to do travel nursing as much as my managers held me back from it. Like it is what it is. And the cool thing about it is that if I ever want to go back, they're probably going to hire me right away because I've, I've worked there before. So I know how the unit runs and I'm familiar with that patient demographic. So the thing is, like people have this, this fear of of I might leave and enter something worse. Well, guess what? If it's something worse, you'd always come back, especially in nursing, because you've been on the unit before and you're going to be less of a uh, financial burden you, you could say than a fresh nurse out of school plus if you have a good personality mm-hmm. you're a great nurse like why not rehire you right yeah you're chilling so just do you and the next thing to kind of piggyback off pete's point you're talking about med surge and you're saying that it's okay to start on one unit and go to another uh, this could this also goes into the next point that we're going to talk about which is utilizing your networks and resources so you might be developing networks inside of the hospital where you could start going into your ideal unit. So for example, this is how like my scenario went down where I got accepted to med surge, but I really wanted to do ICU. Uh, so what happened is like during rapids, uh, there was a nurse that always came up and uh, usually the charge nurse always came up. So I always kind of asked them how the unit's doing and how you know things are operating. Are you guys short on nights? Like, yeah, we could use you know, some night shift nurses. Are you interested in ICU? I'm like, yeah, okay, like talk to your... Uh, manager, you know, they talked to um, Mola, which was um, the day shift charge. They kind of, you know, look at you. They, you start kind of hearing about things. People start talking, and eventually, yes, that transfer happens. Because my manager came up to me and asked me about this before I even told her I want to go to the ICU. Mm-hmm. 
And this is why it's important that you're networking and you're using resources internally to advance different ranks. And, you know, now uh, that manager is going to negotiate and you could get transferred to a different department. Mm -hmm. So like you mentioned, you might not be an ideal position. That's okay. Get your experience in whether you're a new grad for that one year. So it looks good. And then nursing is an infinite Mm -hmm. career with multiple opportunities. You're never going to, if you're, okay with change and you're not gonna let yourself get comfortable and stick it out with that shitty position it's so flexible after one year you'll just bounce and you'll just keep on smiling and that's what we've been doing yeah 100 percent. and and you should use sites like you know pronto or like linkedin or instagram or facebook you know just to communicate with people too because let's say you know you want to work icu and you know you meet somebody that happens to work icu in your hospital and you, you know you could message them, ask, "Hey, how's the ICU going?" And you could just connect like that too. And maybe maybe they'll be able to get you an in through it. Uh, you never know. Maybe some cool university hospital is hiring, and you don't know about it. But hey, because you had a LinkedIn profile and said that you're looking for a job, someone uh, messaged you, and they happen to be from that cool university hospital that you wanted to work at. You know? Yeah, you just, you just never know. It's like Matt said. It's nursing is, is endless opportunity, and that's that's one uh, very fortunate thing that nursing provides is you could literally work on any kind of unit whenever you want. And that as a shedding nurse it can be sometimes, it does offer you this gold mine of of variables that they you could work with, which is really, really cool. And not a lot of professions have that. It's very, very versatile. Mm-hmm. And with networking, you could even start early on before you uh, become a nurse. Not internally. It could be even in your nursing program. Maybe your nursing clinicals have great spots where you're talking to the manager you could potentially get a job afterwards or a capstone project i know like uh in this current contract there's a nurse that uh comes and works eight hours and it's just like a a nursing student and Mm -hmm. she does things and you never know they probably offer a job because there's so many new grads right and she already knows the unit you know yeah same thing with your nursing students grab their emails you have or social media nowadays you have no idea what happens with that networking maybe they're going to get a job and they could help you and Mm -hmm. all that uh, same thing with your teachers. Grab their emails. When I uh, finished nursing school, I reached out to my um, professor as well. For example, uh, she had a she had a, a part-time position in like Lutheran General, but mm-hmm. that was like over 30 miles for me. It's not something I wanted to commit with. But what happens is it opens up the opportunity for you to land your first job if, mm-hmm. um, if the opportunity arises. Yeah, like a contingency plan. Like if you're like, okay, well... This instructor gave me this hospital. It's 30, 30 minutes away or 30 miles away. You know, it's quite a bit of a drive, but if it's the only offer that I get, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it for a little bit. But at, least, at least you had something there just, just in case. Because sometimes I hear about nurses that they can't find a job. It's been like six months out of nursing school. You know, they passed their NCLEX like three, four months ago and they can't land a job. I'm like, I don't understand how because I landed in my mind so quickly, you know, so it's kind of hard for me to picture that. And, and I see so much new grads you know getting jobs and so much new grads that we work with where it's like like how is there how are you not getting hired if there's just much short nurse if there's just such a big nursing shortage and there is a big nursing shortage but you know unfortunately it's a lot easier for you to get a job when you have some experience because yes. someone's gonna hire high experience nurse over a new one you know a lot of times that's why travel nursing is cool because you always have a job basically and you're well well experienced mm-hmm. So if you're using job boards such as LinkedIn or in a future Pronto or uh, Indeed and everything, make sure you're cleaning up your profile. Your resume is congruent with uh, what's on your profile. Um, Be attentive with your language. Use the same thing. Or 
adapt to the profile based on where you're applying for what you're doing. So, and don't be afraid to reach out to people. Sometimes you might apply in a job board, but it goes into maybe just human resources. See if you get a contact and maybe email the hospital or that unit directly, if that's a possibility, or maybe just human resources, you can reach out to them and ask how my application is mm -hmm. doing. Sometimes that human connection is going to be the de determining factor that boosts your resume to the top because of just how you how maybe interested you're, you're in that position. If you are, you know, if, to me, that's like a trait of a go getter. I know that she knows what she wants and she's getting after it. And that's what that email showed me. I think I might hire this person or set her up for an interview. So mm -hmm. do that. Um, and the next point, since we're talking about job boards, it's also social media. Uh, you want to clean up your profile, uh, put it on private if you want to. A great thing to do is uh, Google search your name and see what pops up. Are those photos appropriate? Because it's something that your hiring manager might do. I typed in Matt Slarczyk, it was like a kid, or I typed in Mateusz, my real name, and it was like some some Honda burning out or something. And I typed in <laughs> Matt Slarczyk, I had some other stuff. So, so yeah, look up your name and see see what pops up and um, make sure your descriptions and bios are, are, are all professional because I'm sure people look at that because that's like honestly a better resume to figure out a person. Yeah, 100% because we're moving towards a more technology-based society. So just because you might not look, let's just say you're interviewing somebody, just because you might not look them up on your phone or Instagram or Facebook, younger generation it probably is. So if you're going to be, you know, pursuing a career where it has younger nurses, where it's nursing, I feel like a lot of bedside nurses tend to be tend to be younger, you know. So it might not be happening now, but definitely in the future, if you're looking for jobs, it's definitely going to be part of you could say in the the hiring process to look at your social because it does tell you a lot about a about a person. And look what went, happened to us with mm -hmm. social media. So yeah, careful what you post. Yeah, that was a while of time. Uh, crazy, but it, you know, it is what it is. It's it was a it was a good time. Uh, so when you apply for jobs and you finally get hired, next is going to or before you get hired, you could say you're going to have to go through some kind of interview process, and a lot of times that could be like the deciding factor of whether you get that job. And when you're in a, in an interview and being interviewed, the people that are interviewing you, they're not trying to you know stump you or ask you tricky questions it's more of like trying to figure out your your personality and and trying to see what you would do in certain scenarios uh you could say like a lot of uh, like a big questions that that usually people ask uh if they're hiring somebody is can you give me an example of a situation where you had to manage multiple projects at, at a time and one of them was a group project how did you you communicate uh, amongst your group to let them know that you, need, you needed help or that you were busy and how did you guys plan time around it to, to get it done? You know, that's one of like the, the main ones because we kind of want to know how do you perform in, in, in teams because nursing is a, a, is a team-driven driven effort. Another one is how would you act if like um, if you were in a situation where what was going on didn't agree with your values, how would you go about the situation? That's another good one because we kind of want to see what your values are, you know, and if you're going to to say some really good values, and you know you're gonna show that hey, you're willing to stick with your values and also stick up for the patient's values, then that's going to be definitely a positive uh, for you. Yeah, mm. and even before this interview, you're gonna go through something called a pre-screened phone interview, and this might happen to a lot of a lot of employers will do that. I don't know if a job fair does that because I've never been to one, ever attended one. But most places will do a pre-screen and they're going to ask you things about like your education, maybe your employment status, uh, clinical skills and some goals. 
Uh, one tip for that, just know your availability. More than likely, they're going to want to schedule an interview right away with you. So make sure you have your calendar out and you know when you're available. Hmm. And and also, have a goal in mind. If you get off the phone, don't get off the phone thinking, what's next? Have that already figured out. So if you want to, if they give you a, um, a date, that's your next step. But if they don't give you a next date, they just say, okay, thank you. Hey, what are the next steps? When should I follow up? When will I know the answer? So never get off the phone conversation like left in suspense mm-hmm. answer all the questions that you need to yeah and it's okay to also ask dumb questions during the interview process like i i'm actually curious on the questions that that people are, are going to ask when i do interviews when i was hiring you know for my prior units um i was always curious on what they're going to, going to ask like it's okay, like ask anything because you know you're not really sure what goes on on the unit so good questions to ask is hey how's the turnover rate are, are people on the are nurses on the unit younger um, what's like the demographic of the patient population that, that I'm going to be working with? What's something that you guys do almost every day? For example, like do they have patients that go on pressures a lot? Do they have patients that go on inotropes a lot? Is this like a pre, pre-op thing where we got to start on heparin? You could ask any kind of question. That actually is uh, that actually is valuable for us too because we could see how you are a person that if you're not sure of something or something on your mind, you're willing to ask, not just like we got to figure out what's going on and then and then then you tell us you know so it's all it's also good and it also makes us more comfortable with you because we're giving you the information that that you are lacking so it's like almost like a like a teaching thing too we're almost like prepping you for for the unit ahead of time so you don't you don't think that hey okay this is this is a great unit for me and then you don't ask any questions and you show on unit and you're like holy shit i wish i would have asked if this this happened because i don't like this yeah you know so it's just like the it's just as valuable for you to ask questions as it is for us to ask questions and during this interview time, you might also go into like a panel slash peer review interview. Sometimes it's like a two-step process. For some reason, I came back another time to uh, to do that. Uh, but it might happen all in one swoop, so it depends. So people that, usually nurses that work on the unit are going to sit down, maybe in a group of three or four, and they're going to ask you the questions that you were talking about earlier, maybe some clinical settings or experiences, strengths and weaknesses, et cetera, that kind of stuff. Uh, but for that, just honestly engage in a conversation, keep an eye contact with everybody, smile, and just share some personal stories. Just show them who you are because the goal is for them to get to know you and to see if you're a great fit. And also vice versa, when you open up to them, they'll open up to you to see if that's a culture that you want to work for. Because mm-hmm. if you feel cattiness or whatever the emotion or aura of the unit you might get, that might affect your performance at work and whether you want to work there. So assess it. It's an interview for that unit as much as it is an interview for you. And that'll kind of help you kind of ease off that anxiety that, oh, the spotlight is just on me and this is like my big moment or Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Kind of break that barrier for yourself. And the good news, you got hired, you got that job, and you're approaching your first day on unit. So what are you going to need on that first day? Because you got to be very prepared. You can't be a nurse that just shows up with nothing. Because then everyone's gonna look at you like, hey, you just got out of nursing school, like you should know at least what to bring. So you go always gonna need a stethoscope for sure. Some kind of a pen, uh, like a Sharpie or a marker, or uh, one of those pens that you could you could update your, your whiteboards with. Uh, definitely a pen light and some scissors. So those are probably the the key things to always have. And some probably good shoes. Some good shoes because you're gonna be walking a lot. Even on those not too busy days, you're still gonna be walking a lot and you wanna be comfortable. Because 
you know, you're like, if you guys track your steps, you're gonna walk well over like four or 5,000 steps a day, just on unit, which is crazy to think about. So you're gonna need some good pair of shoes, some Nikes, some I'll Adidas's. Do, I'll do some clickable pens too. I like the clicky pens. Uh, some nurses like multiple colors, so I get that multicolored pen. I like to keep it simple. On top of that, I would get some scrub, good scrubs. Mm -hmm. It does ma matter what you wear. As, you gotta, you as gotta, far as like feel, you gotta look good or feel good, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna name out any brands out there because we have no affiliations with them. So get whatever scrub fits your needs. Sometimes we wear the the nice ones, the fancy ones everyone's wearing. You know, <laughs> those kind. Um, also, I'm I'm thinking for med surge nurses. I used to consider getting like the portable pulse oxes, mm -hmm. but most places that I work at, it's usually very available. Like the vital signs machines are around. Mm -hmm. uh, you can leave it, leave it in the room sometimes and plug your patient in. So, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get that. Yeah, um, but of course, I mean, if you're lacking, if you're always trying to find one, then, then you could probably get it. It's like, what, like 20 bucks or something like that on Amazon yeah. or something. And then that expensive. And then stat locks are also like a 50, 50 it just depends if you're maybe somebody with small hands or always struggled in clinicals of undoing caps and stuff for IVs. Uh, sometimes if you're in the higher, uh, acute units, you might have a pick line. You might be drawing labs at night. So if you have problem with those little PowerPoints and unscrewing things, get yourself a stat lock mm, or yeah. undoing IVs. It definitely sometimes yeah because you'd be surprised on like a patient comes post-op with all these you know lines going to them and you gotta start unscrewing shit and some of these things are on there so tight you're like how who, who the hell who screwed this on like the hulk or something and it's impossible to, to get off it's crazy how that happens so yeah you definitely should try and get a stat lock but i feel like worst case scenario a lot of units have like the one time you stat lock so you could probably just take and just keep for the rest of your nursing career and also be savvy also i would mention a clipboard a lot of times you're you're giving report. Not, you forget shit, you know? That, and it's also like the way to write. I always like to write on something because I'm usually always standing over by the door. Maybe the nurse is on the wall, but I'm standing and I don't have like any room. So get like yourself a nice folder or something that's like a good surface to write on. Mm. Uh, that's yeah, It's a game changer. It's a game changer because cause yeah, somebody's paying the ass and you try to write something and try to figure out where to stand because... You're getting ready for a long, long report, but nothing to write on, and it's just pain. Yeah, so that was a game changer. I think for the first year of nursing, I didn't use a clipboard, but then I started realizing the benefit of a clipboard, yeah. change your life. And then also as a new grad, this is not something you might be thinking about right away, but definitely as you become a nurse, you're gonna start getting your own flow of taking notes, and sometimes you might have your own report sheet that you like. Uh, for example. Uh, and this didn't happen in med surge. I was just kind of always writing things down and folded a piece of paper and that's it. Uh, when I got to the ICU, I finally had like a standardized uh, report sheet with, um, with all my systems in place and where I like literally when I'm like taking a report now, I know where to put what, cause it's just so it's, it's like already ingrained where I put mm -hmm. code statuses or heart monitor changes or vent settings. So, uh, maybe as a new grad, you might not really get into that flow yet. Uh, maybe your unit is actually gonna give you their own report sheets that you have to use, which is very annoying because it's not a, uh, a legal document that goes in a chart. Uh, there was a unit that we worked on that required that to happen, but I always use my own. So yeah, I, I think in the future, I wanna create some um, awesome report sheets for nurses, just have them as a free download. So yeah, dude, my unit, add it to the note. Yeah, my unit in Chicago had the best report sheets. I, I swear, they had the best report sheets. I don't have them with, with me anymore. Because um, I don't know, they're they're at home. I'm taking them with me, but 
I they're just, so good. You should have took them, bro. Yeah, they're they're super good. I was actually like writing on a piece of paper. I'm just like, man, I should have my sister email me a picture of the report sheet so I could just print them out. Because they're they're really good for new grads. They're, they have literally every there, and it's uh it's not just like boxes or different size boxes, so just enough room for for everything, and it's it's, it's clutch. You've seen it before, maybe you've, you probably have seen it before, but it's probably been like a year now or whatever. But yeah, I, I gotta bring them back because they're so clutch. They're best ones, like out of the whole hospital, our unit for sure had the best report sheets. Nice and very helpful. And then, put down a clipboard. It's a double whammy, dude. Ten X, bro. Hundred X, two hundred. You know, Chief Keith said one hundred. I'm two hundred with. With his clipboard and report sheets, bro. Hopefully, you could bring them around now if they're so good. Patient care, five out of five, man. Cleanest, cleanest bed in the in the facility, bro. And this kind of tails perfectly into giving a good end of shift report. So we actually designated a whole podcast episode one fifteen to kind of that goes into debt or into depth of all the end of shift duties and also on how to give a proper report. So keep in mind as a new grad, you need a good report sheet and you need to give a good end of shift report. Keep it simple, SBAR, you know, more objective, less subjective at the end, whatever the case might be, you're going to develop your own workflow when it comes to that. And if you want a full episode about it, episode 115 has it all. Yep. And <laughs> straight business. And family and friends, don't forget about your self self-care days. You're not gonna feel the burnout as much as as a new grad. But definitely within like your first two years, you're definitely going to have some feeling or some sense of, of burnout. You know, some people, it happens quicker than others. Sometimes it's just a workload, the physical demand of it. Sometimes it's the mental stress associated with it. Or it could be just a family and dissipation interaction. Maybe just the interaction you're having with these patients and these families are just really, really, really rough on you. And it's hard for you to handle them. So you need proper self-care on your off days to be able to manage with something like this. Because we are... A small minority, you could say, of humans that deal with people on literally their worst days of their of their lives, and it drains your soul. It, it literally drains your soul to the point where you go, you come home the, after three in a row, and you feel like you don't have a soul. You just you're just, you're just numb, and that's our responsibility. You know, that's the career that we that we chose. It has its benefits and it has its drawbacks, but is is what it is. Like it's a gift to to be able to work with people in that part of uh, part of their life because it's the scariest moment of their life. It's the most unpredictable and we get to be there with them as they go through it. But that does take a toll on us just as it does on the patient. Of course, not to that extent as the patient, but it, do, it does it does chip at us sometimes. And, you know, uh, if you're a sculpture, you know, there's only so much chipping you could do before you crack. As they say, you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. Mm. I think that quote goes a long, long way. And there's so many people that could relate to this after experiencing the whole pandemic and all that. Mm. And another thing is when you accept your position, don't forget that this is not a race. It's not a race about getting off orientation or comparing yourself to other new grads in your, um, for example, in your cohort where like you, you're battling who's who had sicker patients or you know the higher acuity or hey i'm taking three now instead of four like don't get into like that rat race in comparison with your new grads Uh, i feel like that happens a lot because of like the way school and society taught us and it's always like a little uh challenge game type of thing or Mm. first prize don't worry about that shit like um as a new grad um you're in control You, you have to focus on your own journey and you have to fill in the gaps of what you need. So don't think about it as a race. Just take your own pace. And, and yeah, if you need the full three months of orientation, somebody got off another month, okay, cool. Good for them. Don't worry about it. You're learning at your own pace. And ask questions. Like, goddamn, ask those questions. Like, you're a new grad. 
no there's no dumb question like sometimes you might joke around with you and, and laugh a little bit but that's okay because we know ourselves ask a dumb question that somebody that somebody laughed at too so it's not a big deal like you might joke around with you nothing is is ill-hearted or ill-intended it's just sometimes you might ask someone funny and, and you know it, it, is, it is what it is sometimes we laugh at it but we're gonna help you out and we don't mean to be rude it's just our our humor where it's like you know like it, it is what it is especially on night shift and the icu we have a little bit of like you know you gotta make fun of each other a, a little bit you gotta you gotta mess around a little bit just because it's it's uh, it's rough out there in the trenches of the icu Definitely, and and I think after listening to this podcast episode, rewatch it if you have to. Watch twice, and then watch on YouTube. This is going to be a good summary of everything you need when you get out of nursing school. I think this is a solid blueprint. You could work off this and figure out your next steps and apply to the right places and network and get all the resources down. Figuring out what unit want to work, go through the interview process. I think you'll do good. And if you have any more in depth questions ask us we always love to help and educate the young young folks out there the new nurses coming into this crazy game yep, of nursing if you want to look back just make sure on couplenurses.com we literally have the step-by-step on what to do after nursing school right here Thank all right guys. guys have a good one peace